Hey everyone, how are you? Welcome to Shane's Brilliant Podcast. It's me, Shane Clifford, and this is Ireland's number one podcast, the only podcast that matters. I'm the hostess with the mostess. How are you? Welcome aboard the Shane Train Destination Detroit Motor City. How are you all doing, my friends and uh, compatriots, lads and lassies? Hope you're well. Hope you're alive. Because if you weren't, it'd be fucking weird if you were listening to this. If you were dead. Imagine that. I wonder where you'd be listening to heaven or hell. Because <laughs> I can't imagine this is on in heaven. In paradise. But anyway, welcome to the show. We are into January. The, it's What is it? The 20th? Well in. We're well in there, man. Well into the new year. Uh, two weeks in. And I, you listen, let's just call it what it is. It's been a shitty two weeks, hasn't it? It's been awful. Grim, grim, grim. Fucking horror. Horror! <laughs> um, and they even had the Monday, that, uh, the previous Monday from a couple of days ago, they call it Blue Monday. And not because everybody's watching blues or everybody is blue from the drugs uh, or anything like that. No, it's because everyone's blue with depression. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And they're saying this is the most depressing Monday of the year. And I'm like, hey, I'm looking at the calendar and I'm flicking through it. I'm like, eh, a bit early to be fucking calling those shots, boy. We're only two weeks into January. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's some fairly depressing Mondays in September, you have to admit. If you're going to say that Monday in January is the bluest Monday of the year, well, you know, don't count your chickens. Anyway, how are you all doing, Les? I'm sitting here and do you know what I'm doing? I'm drinking a glass of vino. A glass of vino, a glass of wine, a glass of Cabernet, no, a glass of Sauvignon Blanc. And I was thinking, right, how come? Because I like wine, I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm man enough to admit that I like a glass of Chardonnay from time to time. But what I was thinking was, how come you never see lads sitting around drinking wine together? You never see it. In Ireland, anyway. I'm sure if you went on the continent, you went to France or Germany, you know the countries that are on the continent. I don't have to spell them out for you. France, Germany, Switzerland, Spain, that's it. And you went into a house party with a bunch of lads. They'd all be in there with polo neck jumpers on, moustaches, berets, smoking uh, long brown cigarettes and drinking wine together. But not in, that doesn't happen here in Ireland. We're all about the cans and the bottles of beer. Like, you, you never see it. Ever. The only time you ever see a bunch of lads sitting around drinking a bottle of wine in Ireland is at 6.45 in the morning when there's absolutely nothing else left in the house. And you, all you find is a, you know, is a house party and all you, you've found out of desperation in the fucking kitchen in, the, in a press is... A bottle of wine that just says wine on it. No mention of a grape. <laughs> it's just, it's, ha it's open, half gone. It just says wine. If somebody, if somebody goes, hey, but what kind of wine is it, man? You go, hey, listen, it's nearly seven in the morning. And we're in some strange man's house. Not even a house, a studio flat. And his name is Ian. And this is not the time nor place to be overly concerned with the variety of grape in the grape-based alcohol that you're going to imbibe. 
most important part is that it has alcohol in it. This isn't the Ritz here. It's a studio flat owned by a fella called Ian. You take what you're given, man. <laughs> and you'll enjoy it. And there's always a choice when you're at one of those grim house parties. There's always a choice between wine and port. And who, why is there always port in, in people's houses? Nobody's ever seen anyone under the age of 75 drink some port. And it's always uh, like a 75-year-old woman that drinks port and sherry and those fortified wines. And what happens? Like, yeah, I see women now, they drink cocktails and they drink wine and they drink pints. But I never see a woman in my age group ever drinking a port or a sherry. And then all of a sudden they hit 65 and they're like, fucking, I don't want any beer. I don't want any cocktails. Give me a fucking port. I remember when my grandmother passed away, right? Died, in, the, in other words. And I, we were in her house about six months later, right? And you have to, you have to go through all their belongings. Look, basically, you have to go through all their belongings and throw them into the bin. All right, it's fairly grim. But basically, what you're really doing is hoping there's some hidden money. <laughs> Isn't that what you're hoping for? Do you know when you go through like a dead person's clothes and to throw out and give to charity or whatever? Really, you're hoping there's a big wad of money hidden somewhere. But it turned out there was no money. But what I did find in a press in the kitchen, a secret press, basically, was a bunch of booze, gas, alcohol. There was Perno, whiskey, port, sherry. And so what I did is I snuck into the house late, a few nights later, right? Didn't tell anybody about the gat. Snuck into the house. And I opened the press and then I put on her nightgown, her wig and her false teeth and I drank some of her. No, I didn't actually dress up as my dead nan. But what I did do is I'd set in, I got her perno and I sat in the sitting room, drank my dead nan's perno and I watched John Wayne movies because that's what she had, the only thing she had on videotape. All right. And thinking back now, it was kind of odd. <laughs> You know, drinking your nan's drink at the age of 17. Because my friends were out. They were probably fingering girls. And my girlfriends were out getting fingered by fella, you know, getting fingered. Doing things that teenagers do. And there I was, sitting in my dead nan's kitchen, drinking her perno. I didn't even know at the time it was called perno. I thought it was pernas. Watching John Wayne films. And that's what I was doing as a 17-year-old boy. And maybe that explains a lot about how I am the way I am today. And I remember I felt guilty about it. I felt guilty about drinking my nan's cat. <laughs> Even though she was dead and she didn't give a fuck. I still felt guilty about it because I grew up Irish, 90s, Roman Catholic. We were born with original sin, basically tattooed on the back of our sacks. You know, we were guilty about everything. Original Sin, what a brilliant idea that was. Whoever came up with that was a complete genius. Because they were like, hey, we have this sin that you all have. And you're like, what? Yeah, you have it. (coughs) And if you don't fucking give us money and shit, you're going to go to hell because of it. And you're like, what? And what's the sin? Oh, it's 6,000 years ago, some some fella and his wife ate an apple. And now you're going to hell. But if you give us money and throw some water on your head when you're a baby, you'll be grand. 
I mean, if you think about it for more than four seconds, none of it makes sense. But the Catholic Church would be like, don't fucking think about it. <laughs> it's a sin to think about it. It's a sin to think about anything. Don't think. Um, don't think for yourself. Just give us the money in the basket and stop thinking. And I think that's growing up in that kind of situation. I felt guilty about uh, everything, especially drink. Like my nan, I'm afraid what's going to happen is I'll die. And then I'll go up to the gates of heaven and I'll go in through the gates. Peter let me in. And when I'm in there, it'll be my nan going, you drink my fucking perno, you bollocks. And, you know, she would be the kind of person that might hold that grudge. <laughs> I remember she used to answer the phone like this, right? Crazy, completely insane. She'd answer the phone, the phone would ring. She'd just get up and go over to the phone and she wouldn't say hello or can I help you or who's this? She'd just pick up the phone and go, what? <laughs> and you're like, it could be anybody. It could be a fella sending, telling you you won a million. What? But no, she was a lovely woman. You know, she t- I asked her, I said, Nan, uh, what, how do uh, mommies get ba- have babies? Like, how are babies? Where do they come from? And she told me, she said, Shane, this is what happens. When the man and the woman get fall in love and they get married, they stand in the altar and the man kisses the wife and a seed comes from out of his belly up through his, trod, through his mouth into her mouth and down into her belly. And that's the baby. And I remember going, wow, that's amazing. And it was a nice way of describing it. I was 28 at the time, but... <laughs> Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, wine. And actually, you know, in a house party, when, you ha- when you're at that stage where there's no drink left, I, re- I got a flashback there to a house party where I swear to God, right, we were drinking whiskey, but the whiskey was mixed with fucking milk. All right, I mean, that's desperate. Like, we, there was no mixer, because we can't, I don't know why we didn't just drink the whiskey if we were that desperate. We started mixing it with milk. And whiskey and milk is something you should avoid for the rest of your life. Like, I know there are, there are actually cocktails with whiskey and milk mixed together, but that's, you know, by professionals. This was pouring fucking, you know, Dawn milk into a glass of Paddy's Irish whiskey at 6 a.m. And then there's a low point in anybody's life. You know? And like, why? Do you when you're in that situation where you're at a house party at 7 in the morning and you're drinking port? or sherry, or whiskey and milk, why don't you just go home? Like, you're obviously so drunk that you're seriously considering drinking whiskey mixed with warm milk. Like, that's how impaired you are. And your brain never goes, here, listen, man. You're drinking whiskey and milk. Go home. (laughs) You're obviously drunk enough. You don't need to get any more drug. But anyway, the point I'm making is, like, (laughs) like, there's a point. But the point I'm making is, this... Why is it frowned upon to bring a bottle of wine to a house party with the lads? Why? Because, like, beer is seen as manly, right? Apparently. Uh, but beer is like 4, 5, 6% alcohol. Wine is like 12, 13%. It's stronger. Tastes nicer. Is it because in this country, it's at least, it's seen as traditionally like a feminine drink, in quotes? It's because it's fruity. And made from fruit and tastes nice. Like beer, we've all been conditioned to like beer. But remember the first time you ever took a sup of beer and you were like eight years old and you snuck a sup of Heineken or Carlsberg or something. 
from a pint and you took a sup of it and you went, that is disgusting. Why do they drink that? But when you drink wine, you're like, that's lovely. It's fruity. It's tasty. It's delicious. <laughs> you know? So, but if you showed up to a house party with the boys on a Friday night and you're playing a few games of FIFA with a bottle of wine, they'd fucking look at you like you're a leper. Some sort of wine leper. It's a get out of my house. So all I want is for people to have the freedom to drink a big bag of wine with the lads. Is that too much to ask? Like, I like wine and I like Prosecco. All right, I like Prosecco. This, I, I'm feeling nervous even saying it. I like Prosecco. I love Prosecco. You know, this is a big admission for me to make. I prefer Prosecco to any almost any other drink. Because there's some fucking thing in my brain like it's that's not manly or something. You know, I, I never tell anybody I'll have a Prosecco. No, I'll have a beer. I'll have a fucking beer, man. A Prosecco. Yeah, what are you doing drinking Prosecco? That's what I'm saying. But in my head, I'm going, I really want, in my, I really want a Prosecco with my, in my heart. It reminds me of the time when I was about nine and I was listening to this band called Cast, right? Who were fairly shit, but they were slightly more obscure than um, like Oasis and Blur and the big bands at the time, right? And my uncle, who was into music, he was like, hey, what do you listen to? I was like, Cast. And he goes, how do you know them? You're only nine. All right. And he goes, you really like music, don't you? And I was like, yeah, I do. And he goes, so tell me this. What do you prefer? Music and films are soccer. And I got so scared to admit that I wasn't really into soccer that much that I actually started bawling crying. <laughs> he was like, it's okay. So I was like, I, 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 like, I really do like soccer. I promise. <laughs> and he was like, oh, it's all right. Don't worry. It's okay. You like films and music. It's okay. And that's what it's like now with the Prosecco. So I, if you, this is my, my message. If one of your male friends wants to drink a fucking bottle of wine at a party, let him. All right. Don't be fucking making fun of him. Let him live his best life, his wine life. And one last thing about the wine. Why does wine have to be served in a wine glass? All right? I don't get it. I'll buy a bottle of wine, right? And I'll come home and I'll go, Hey, Kira, do you want a glass of wine? She'll say, Yeah, go on. So I pour it out. But we don't have wine glasses in this house. Because myself and Georgie, over the pandemic, we're so clumsy. Two of us were like fucking Laurel and Hardy in here. We smashed every glass in the house with our big fat arses. All right? When we were walking around the place, it's a tiny house. There's glasses are just left everywhere. My arse has been getting bigger and bigger with the amount of toffee pops that I'm fucking consuming. So big arse, small flat, wine glasses everywhere leads to the disaster. No wine glasses left. So I poured the fucking wine into a mug. And Kira's like, what? No, that's a disgrace. I want it in a glass. I can't drink it out of this. And it's, it's like, why? It's the same thing. It's just in a different container. Like... People get upset about this. If it's they don't have the right drink at the correct capsule, like if I gave you tea in a wine glass, you'd probably fucking throw it in my face and piss on my mother or something. Or if I gave you a, a pint of Guinness in a Coors glass, you'd probably throw it in my mother's face and piss on my dad. And I don't get it. It's the same drink. It doesn't make sense to me. It's something that I never could get my mind around. Brandy glasses... Highball glasses, it's all a fucking con by big glass. 
Anyway, how are ye? How are you, listener? How are you getting on, man? Or woman. How are you? Are you checking yourself out these days? Are you checking your mental health? Your physical health? Are you checking in with yourself? That was a thing that I learned to do when I was learning how to meditate. I think I'm, I, I think I might get back into meditation. Because it was just something to do. And most of the time, anyway, you fell asleep. <laughs> oh, that was a nice meditation. Lasted two and a half hours. But um, what was I talking about? Oh, remember, don't you check in on how you're doing? You And what you're supposed to do is close your eyes, check in on your all your body stage by stage. So your feet up to your ankles, your knees, your genitals, and then up towards your nipples and all that. All right. You check it one by one. And there was an app. Remember that app? Headspace. So I have severe, unrelenting, crippling anxiety, right? And I was doing meditation to try and get over it. <coughs> Excuse me, I have long COVID. <laughs> but I... um, So I got this app. People kept saying, use this app, Headspace. It'll teach you how to be, how to be a meditation fella. So I was like, grand, sticking in my ears, right? And there's a fella, he comes on, and he'd be like this. All right, it's time to me- to meditate. Now, fucking check your feet. How are your feet? Now, how are your shins? Now take a deep breath in and breathe out. Now up to your knees. How are your, how are your bollocks? How are your ghoulies? Check your left ghoulie. Check your right ghoulie. <laughs> now breathe in and think about your gooch. <laughs> and uh, I remember I used to listen to it, right? And it was this English fella talking. And it's not because it was English, but it was just because his voice was so annoying and irritating that I used to end up 14 and a half times more anxious from listening to this anxiety-reducing meditation app than I was before I fucking even started it. Because there was something about having to sit there and a fella going, breathe in. Nah, check your asshole. <laughs> How's your ass? Breathe out. And it was a good idea and everything, obviously, but uh, meditation was class. And I wish I didn't get so lazy that I stopped doing it. I recommend it to anyone. All right. But you have to. I mean, it's a, it is hard work. I suppose it's like anything. It's like lifting weights. Like I always say, the worst thing about lifting weights is that it's plural. If it was lifting weight, no, that'd be grand. You'd lift one weight, fuck off home and eat some Twixes. I'm telling you, I'm getting mad into Twixes again. <laughs> Fucking love Twixes, man. King size ones. Jesus Christ. I, I go through a phase, right? I would say every five to seven years, I get mad into Twixes. And then I go off them for about five years. And then I go back into them again. And every time I do, it's like they're better and better. Whatever they're doing, the scientists, Twix scientists, there must be scientists devoted just to making Twixes lovely because they're fucking gorgeous, man. And Twix is a biscuit. And I like biscuits. Pear, remember this old fucking thing? Hey, what is a Jaffa cake? Remember that fucking thing that was going around? Is it a biscuit or is it a cake? 
And what happened again? Didn't they? They called it Jaffa Cakes because they tried to argue that it wasn't actually a biscuit so that they could get off some sort of biscuit tax. Dirty fuckers, man. You can't trust anyone these days, not even the good makers of Jaffa Cakes. They're like, hey, where's our tax money, man? You're a biscuit. And they're like, no, we're a cake. I mean, it's clearly a biscuit. All right, I'm boycotting Jaffa Cakes for their fucking... Here, I'm a good socialist, man. I eat only tax-paying biscuits. All right, I'm not fucking paying any tax... Eating tax... Tax dodging Jaffa Cakes. I was thinking, actually, I remembered, right, that this friend in primary school, right, so there's supposedly, you know, no class system in Ireland like there is in um, England. And when I say class, I don't mean like, oh, that's class. Like class, like that's unreal. Like that's class. I mean classes in lower class, middle class, upper class. So in Ireland, there's none really, apparently. But there is. There's like, it's it's there, but it's not overtly there. Like my friend in school that I was friends with, right? I won't say his name, but we were in primary school. And he would have been probably upper middle class. Where I was working class, right? So he was outside of my social stratum. Is that a word? And like I grew up in a council estate. And he had a house that wasn't stuck onto another house. <laughs> it was the first thing I noticed. I went to his house one time for a birthday party. And his house wasn't stuck onto another house. I couldn't believe it. Why do they do that in council or poor people's houses? They they build two houses, right? And then they st- they're like, nah. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. They're stuck on... My friend who grew up and his house wasn't stuck onto another house, he grew up not hearing random screams or bellows in the middle of the night from through the wall. You know that? Which is, was a part of my life growing up. You just hear a tree in the morning. Through the wall. No explanation. Nobody would ever ask what was that? What was going on? You know, when, you, when you're posh, you don't actually have to grow up hearing that. But anyway, I became friendly with this fella, right? And he was well off compared to me. He, his dad ran a car dealership, an expensive car dealership in town, and which later, actually, behind it, became a popular dogging spot in town. So if you know what I'm talking about and where I'm talking about, go up and have a look there, man, see what, if you can get, get some action. And he lived, and he lived in a part of town called Oak Park, in Trilly. Whereas I came from Gallows Field. His place was named after a park with oak trees in it. And mine was named after a field with gallows in it. They, hang, they used to hang fellas. <laughs> and they didn't even... I swear I heard about Gallows Field, the mean streets of Gallows Field. They never even changed the name. Heard a lot of cunts were hung here from the neck until dead. And now we're building houses for poor people. Should we kind of maybe call it something else like... Uh, flowing meadows or something. Nah, just call it Gallows Field. I'm not bothered changing the name. But that was a difference between us. He grew up in Oak Park, which is a part of town that was traditionally, like, fucking rich. And I became friends with him in, like, second class. And even then we knew he was rich because he had braces. He had braces. And they were, like, the old-style train track braces. But nobody else had them. I grew up in Gallows Field, man. If you ever want to see teeth go rotten green... Grew up in a council estate in the early 90s in Trilly. And you'll see some fellas with bright green teeth. So there was no braces, right? Back then. So the rich kids had the braces. Anyway, make a long story short. We were friends. He was, uh, he was richer than me, this motherfucker, right? Then in fifth class, we were good friends. 
And I remember, you know, else you knew he was rich because he had Yogi Bear slippers. Big, giant Yogi Bear slippers. I only had normal, you know, slipper slippers from Dunn's. He had big official Yogi Bear slippers and braces. He didn't have Yogi Bear braces. What I'm saying is he had Yogi Bear slippers and braces. And, you know... That was a sign of having money back in the 90s, man. Before the Celtic Tiger and shit, having Yogi Bear slippers. If your son had Yogi Bear slippers, you knew he was away. You knew you were away in a hack. But anyway, fifth year, fifth class. How old are you in fifth class? Ten, right? We were in there and it was his birthday. It was this guy's birthday. And I drew him a picture, a cartoon, a doodle. And it was a doodle that I learned to do from Dan Conroy. Remember Dan Conroy? He used to come on the den and he'd teach you how to draw things. Usually owls and stuff. But he he did a thing where he, sh- he drew you how to show you how to draw like a Simpsons character kind of a thing. But it wasn't really. Anyway, so I drew a man and I drew a woman. Standing, facing each other. And this is when I was 10, right? So I didn't understand anatomy and the sexual organs. The man was standing facing the woman and his penis was going straight across, all right, <laughs> into the woman's vagina. Let's just say what it is. It's a vagina. We're all, it's a modern term, modern world. The penis is going into the vagina, but it wasn't going like from, un, you know, because when I was that age, I thought that's what happened because we thought there was a line that went up <laughs> the front of the woman's vagina and that the penis went in perpendicular and horizontally straight across because we didn't have erections by that point so we didn't know what was going on let's just say but I knew that you put it in we knew that much that that's what happens the penis goes into the vagina all right so I'm setting up the scene for you I remember it was an awful shock later on when I went to have sex for the first time I was like what (laughs) <laughs> I was I was put I was getting my John Thomas ready to make entry into the you know the space the dock and I was like where is it and I found out it was under there somewhere you know <laughs> it was very confusing but anyway I drew him this picture man and a woman and I was like ha ha in school I was like ha ha you know here happy birthday and this rich bastard Johnny fucking dead man. I drew him a picture of a man and woman having impossible sex. And you know what he did? He went, Sir! Sir! Look what Shane drew! Look what Shane drew! And the teacher took it, right? Looked at it, and he looked at me in the face and he goes, Shane, I never thought you were like this. <laughs> I never thought that... This is so disappointing. I never thought you were like this. And he rang my mother, or he got in touch with her somehow, told her. So I had to go home. All because of this fucking posh prick. So my mother was devastated that her son would be drawing a penis. Her angelic child who was innocent and didn't know about such things as sex. And here he was, drawn, I mean, it was clear by the picture, he still didn't know that much. You know what I mean? <laughs> he still had some learning to do, but he had the general gist. 
And that to my mother was like, oh, my son. And I was the fact that I was drawing it in school and passing it to other fellas who then went, sir, sir. And I think that that's where my aversion to rich people started. Because I, if you've been a long-term listener, you know that I have a chip on my shoulder about people who are better off than me and better than me and look better handsome than me. Anyone that I perceive as being slightly better at anything than me, I have a severe unholy problem with but especially the rich. And I believe that this could be the ground zero. So I googled him there a couple of days ago. I was like, where is this motherfucker? Because I know he went off to boarding school. That's how rich he was. You know, and I got put into the Christian Brothers fucking hellhole. He went to a boarding school and I looked him up and now he's the owner of a fucking company and a Fortune 500. I don't understand money. He acquisitions and shit. Like out of succession you know, he's one of those cunts. And here I am talking it to a sock fucking 30 years later. <laughs> 30 years later, still going on about the time he... <laughs> that's how bitter I am. This cunt is a millionaire. And here I am fucking raging about this yogi bear slippered cunt that f- ratted me out because I drew an anatomically incorrect sex picture and broke my mother's heart. And I'd love, love to buy shares in this cunt's company and show up at the annual general meeting and fucking tear into him. You, Yogi Bear, you used to wear... (laughs) You used to wear Yogi Bear slippers. Just start shouting shit out like that. And he'd be going, who the fuck is that? Who's saying that? You used to have braces. You're place where your dad sells cars now people have men have sex in cars there they're dogging fellas ah. and I'd just walk out man and that'd be my revenge 30 year revenge wouldn't it be amazing or find out his email and send send him a, a picture a photoshopped picture of Yogi Bear with bullet holes (laughs) And just that from an anonymous email, just Yogi Bear dead. What else was that? Oh, listen to this, right? My stepfather, he was he had a theory about uh, COVID-19 recently, right? That I kind of rolled my eyes and tut-tutted and laughed at, right? Now, a lot of stepfathers and, and real fathers have theories about COVID-19 and we should never really take any of them seriously, should we? We always kind of go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because usually dad's ideas about COVID-19 are way off the mark. So this was his theory. He was like, I'm working with a few lads, right? And they're always on the wacky back. He calls it the wacky back. They're always on the wacky back. Morning, noon and night. Now, the whole lot of us got the COVID. He calls it the COVID. The whole lot of us got the COVID in the place. Except for the fellas that always be on the wacky back. All right. Now we have a close family member. I won't name any names in case there's a SWAT team raid on their apartment. Who lives with somebody who smokes a lot of wacky back. And he got the wack, he got the COVID and she never got the, the whack. She never got the COVID and she smokes the wacky back. Huh? I'm telling you. There's something in that wacky back that stops fellas from getting the COVID. And we were like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good theory. 
be great if it was true. Next thing, I looked at the fucking news a couple of days ago. Cannabis compounds prevented COVID infection in laboratory study. I'm going to read this article. Cannabis compounds prevented the virus that causes COVID-19 from penetrating healthy human cells, according to a, to a laboratory study published on the journal, journal of Nature Products. Now, I mean, we have to take this with a pinch of salt. It's probably fucking a, a study created by four of the biggest hash heads in America. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Cheech and fucking Chong. Yeah, dude. It just don't give you no fucking... Hey, we don't nobody get fucking COVID. <sniffs> Eating bag of Cheetos. Uh, anyway, it goes on. Two compounds commonly found in hemp called cannabigeric acid or CBGA and cannabalotic acid or CBDA were identified during a chemical screening effort as having potential to combat coronavirus. Researchers from Oregon State University said... I knew a girl from Oregon once, but that's a story for a different day. In the study, they bound to spike proteins found in the virus and blocked the step in the pathogen used to infect people. These compounds can be taken orally. Right? That's what she said. And have a long history of safe use in humans, said Richard Van Bremen, a researcher with Oregon State's Global Help, Global Hemp. In a, I mean... I mean, this fucker's name is Richard Van Bremen. He's obviously from Amsterdam. You know what I mean? You know, Amsterdam and weed. This guy's the biggest stoner in the world. A researcher, Maria, with Oregon State Global Help Hemp Innovation Center. They have the potential to prevent as well as treat infection by SARS-CoV-2, he said in a statement. So listen, I take it with a pitch of salt, but the fact remains, we shouldn't just cast off the theories of stepdads like we have been doing off <laughs> offhand. Because sometimes, and listen, as Confucius said, a clock is stopped, a wrong clock is right. What is it? A stopped clock is right two times a day. Now, they didn't have clocks when Confucius was around, but that don't matter. He still said it. So sometimes stepdads can be right about medical matters that they don't know anything about. Okay, that's the moral of that little story. Now I'm going to be buying fucking hemp ropes, buying smoking uh, mountains of... I mean, the names they have for weed these days are so stupid. Star dog. <laughs> I mean, when I was a young fella, it was just weeds. There, Juvenity Weed. And then we got one called White Widow. And at the time, that was like, wow, white widow. Who, we're from, who, we, it's like we're from Colombia or something, are we lads? Here, one of us is Pablo Escobar with our white widow. Huh? Um, and now it's all star dog, juicy fruits, fucking all this stuff. It's like, just give me the fucking weed, man. Let me smoke it and let me cure my COVID-19. Now, if any of you have COVID-19... Don't fucking listen to me. Don't go saying, hey, I heard a... I'm not Joe Rogan, right? <laughs> you might think I'm Joe... I'm not Joe... This isn't the Joe Rogan experience. I'm not telling you to go out there and smoke a big load of weed to cure your COVID. All I'm saying is that scientists said it. 
I don't know what I'm fucking saying, but you get the picture. Um, I'll give you a little update on my cat, Georgie, right? Georgie's a big, big name. And people ask me more about fucking Georgie than they do about me when I meet them. Okay. And I'll tell you, she's being bold today. If any of you cat owners know, sometimes cats are just a joy, constant joy. They're friendly. They lie down on your lap. They're loving. And then sometimes they're just the worst cunts. The worst cunts, Jerry. They're awful. They, she's been screaming all day long. Not screaming. I mean, it's not that bad. Just, just being a prick. I'm filling her bowl. I'm ch- her litter's changed. I'm playing with her. I'm doing everything. And she's still just, just being annoying. Biting your hands. Just. But what I discovered, right? I just want to give you this tip. If you are a cat owner or even a dog owner, when they're behaving badly, here's a tip of what I suggest that you could do to alleviate some of the stress caused by their misbehavior. Call them cunts and idiots and morons and twats. But you can't do that. You can't scream at a cat because that's, you know, cat abuse. But you do it in a nice tone of voice. Because cats don't understand English, neither do dogs. They understand tone. So if you go like this to a dog, if your or if your cat is after knocking off a wine glass onto the floor with her big paws, you go like this. Ah, oh, you stupid cunt. You horrible little bitch. I fucking wish you were dead. Oh yes, I wish you were dead. I hate you so much. I want to snap your neck. <laughs> then you don't hurt the cat's feelings, and but you still alleviate. You still get to call a, a a dickhead. You know what I mean? And the same with a dog. <coughs> like your dog, you can go, yeah, you aren't you. You can grab him by the, you know, give him a rough, play rough with him, you know, and stuff, and go, aren't you a fucking prick? I hate you, you know, bollocks. Ah, uh, you've no balls. Ah, uh, you fucker. I chopped off your balls. You know, you can do all sorts of stuff. Just once you say it in a friendly tone of voice. And don't c- c- get confused, though, and be calling your cat a twat in a friendly voice. And then call your, let's say, husband. Or don't, it doesn't work on humans. You can't ring up your boss and go, hey, boss. Yeah, I think you're an awful old cunt. I, I, I think you're an awful prick. And you're, do you know why you're stupid as well? You don't have a fucking clue what you're doing. No, you don't, you don't. Doesn't work on humans because he can understand English. Most of them can anyway. But on your cat. Try it. If your cat's wrecking your buzz, wrecking your balls, you just want to fucking, you know, lay (laughs) it. I sound like I want to get violent with my cat, but you know what I mean. Sometimes they're just annoying. That's what you do. Go, you horrible bastard. You horrible cunt. I'm so sorry I ever even got you while rubbing her and talking in that voice. And tell you, it's a good fucking technique. Now, before I go, um, I have two things. First thing is a trivial thing. I have been talking about my underwear on this podcast. I did talk about it on the Patreon one and on this one last week, but I wanted to buy fancy underwear. Three or four fellas understood instantly, got in touch, said, Shane, man, don't go straight into the Calvin Kleins. You won't be able to handle it. 
going from fucking pennies all your life straight into the Calvin Klein's. It's like going from drinking Coors Light to drinking Starro Pramen. You just it blow your mind. Relax. You need an interim underpants. That's what they told me. So what you do is you go to this place called Marks and Spencers. Buy their underpants there. They're they're like halfway between the Calvin Klein's and the pennies. They're mid of the road. But but they're they're an upgrade. So I says, alright, I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. Because I need to have nice underpants. I can't live my life with shitty underpants um all the time. So I go to Marks and Spencer's the other day and I pick them up in my hand. I know a lot of you have been eager to find out this amazing story about my underpants. Picked them up, looked at it, and said, I'm gonna buy these. And I looked at the price, 38 euro for five pairs of underpants. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't physically do it. I wanted to mentally. I wanted to physically. I could not make myself go up and pay for the underpants. I ended up going to fucking Duns. And buying them for 12 euro or something. A joke I am. But I I promise this is a promise. I know I let down a lot of fellas that got in touch with me. And I said I'll try and get them. And I know I'm after breaking your hearts. I will promise you that I will buy some good un- good underwear before the end of the year. All right, I'm going to leave it there because it's like very late. It's two in the morning, man. I'm here drinking wine. Who do I think I am? Hi, it's as far from wine you were raised, man. I fucking, you know, I'm still getting angry about that guy who showed the picture of the, the women to uh, my teacher. But I did see that teacher, right? I did see him years later when I was an adult running through Tralee one day in the middle of the afternoon I'm talking about not jogging not fucking trotting around running full speed down through the center of the town like kind of like Tom Cruise in a Mission Impossible film I don't know why but it was a it's a strange sight to see your fifth class teacher legging it through the, a busy town on like a Saturday afternoon isn't it Imagine your fifth class teacher just bolting through the town on a Saturday afternoon. And that's an image that always stuck in my mind. Anyway, it's time for me to go. Check, uh, sign up to the Patreon. I do an extra podcast of the week and then I do a little music show sometimes. And uh, Do that. Patreon.com forward slash Shane's Brilliant Podcast. And it supports the show. Most importantly, you get to say, hey, I support the show or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram brilliant chain and all the rest and uh may god have mercy on us us all cheers nice one thanks oh i'm doing a show oh I, I, there's a show going to be in smock alley in dublin in february but i haven't got a date perfect for it yet because of the restrictions and stuff and then there's going to be the show in truly in april the first so get tickets are out for that so you can go to that if you want all right all the best cheers nice one thanks and hob nob. Mm-hmm.